Hello everyone, welcome to the Miscellaneous Podcast. My name is Kenzie. And I'm Taylor. And how we start this podcast off is we have a random topic to get the ball rolling, and this week it is my turn, and I'm caught between three. So. Eeny, meeny, miny, mow it? Here's what I'm going to do. So, I am the lead singer in my worship band. Mm-hmm. Have been for a while. Recently, for my birthday, mom and dad got me a scene called The Worship Vocalist. Okay. Which is basically, they got me a year-long subscription, so I have a year-long to go through this vocal exercises and training and techniques and methods to improve. Oh, cool. And it's been really cool. Because especially, because a lot of people have a hard time, because, like, you'll do a vocal warm-up, and they're like, that sounds dumb, and you're like, so? (laughs) I mean, it is dumb, but it's doing a job. It literally has a job. So you have, like, your obvious, like, um... scales yeah and you do like a humming and you do like kind of stuff yeah to warm up your lips right no oh that's how that's usually what it's for is breath control so you get consistent breath because then you're got a good vibration going Mm, that makes sense and then there's these other ones where it's your full voice so it's like yeah 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 which is like those I'm really glad you pulled your microphone yeah, away that for that. Microphone. I have a loud voice. I'm really good at projecting. Sometimes. I've heard these my, previous episodes. My talking voice, as you guys are probably frustratingly aware of, is very quiet. My singing voice is very projective and loud. Well, probably because your talking voice comes from your throat and your projected voice comes from your diaphragm. And then so they so then they have like um warm-ups that are your head voice, you're like and Mm -hmm. apparently a g helps your vocal cords like grab onto something Hmm. so why either a gi or a goo and um, oh g g is in like the g is in george i thought you meant g is in like the musical note no (laughs) g is in the sound (laughs) the gut yeah so the the g sound really helps you grab onto stuff and then they have so that's let's you have your head voice and your chest in your chest voice mm-hmm. and then you have your mixed resonance which is usually like kind of a whiny cry noise is that because you're going between your head and your chest so it helps you get in between them like blend them oh so instead of like pulling your voice you're like yeah 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 and you get like that strain noise or like the pulling your head voice down so it's like you sound like a person from the 90s who sounds like they were a choir choir orchestrator person and never learned how to be contemporary mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> So, which just reminded me of what I'll have to say later. <laughs> we'll circle back. Yeah, so then one of the one of the exercises, now, 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 now. Oh, that's nasally. Yeah, but there's a point. Because it's like getting your voice used to things. Uh-huh. So it's like one of, one of the ones that I don't like to do, but I understand the importance of it, is to go, wah, wah, wah. Like, she's like, she's like literally sound like a crying baby. Like, that, just make the noise. That doesn't sound like a crying baby. That's how she's describing it, though. Oh, okay. I was like, I, I mean... I have a rage scream moment because I'm hungry. <laughs> Even though sometimes I have wanted to. Although I did have a moment, and afterwards, I was like, thanks for putting up with me, boyfriend. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm such a pain. <laughs> uh, we were going to go out to eat something, and I couldn't find my wallet, and I was like, we're using it. And then he came in and found it just sitting on the table. And I was like, I'm going to go cry now. Oh, man. Like, I just, there are times where it's like, I've reached the point where my blood sugar has dropped. It it, it has dropped so far that I I can't function. Mm. And I'm getting better at recognizing that I'm getting hangry. And I'll be like, okay, nope, I'm reaching the beginning stages of hanger. I need to eat. There was a, oh, 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 oh. So, my brain was just like, hanger didn't used to be a word, but it is now part of our lexicon. I literally Googled lexicon the other I day. I an entire class in college that literally went over language. It's like, I have got a new word for you. Mm-hmm. Snackrifice. It's a snack sacrifice. What, if you throw it down and you're like, sorry? <laughs> no, so, so I was on TikTok. And this creator was explaining that, like, she's got four kids from the ages of five to nine oh, who are playing a homebrew. No, no, no. <laughs> so I think it was the five year old straight up just left the battle 
walked themselves to the next tavern, sat down and ordered food for everyone. And so when the other kids finally finished the battle and made it to the tavern where the five-year-old was, they were like, look, snacks. And so the creator was like, and they offered them the sacrifice. And apparently I just, she's like, is that the definition of true chaotic neutral? Like you just straight up leave a battle and bring sacrifices. <laughs> and I was like, I require a sacrifice. <laughs> like, that has now ex- entered my lexicon and will never leave. So with the vocal lessons though. Okay, yes, back. I just learned a new, t- I haven't done it yet because I do have to be fully warmed up before I do it. Okay. Because she's like, it's so important that you're warmed up before you do this or you could accidentally strain yourself. Ooh. So for an example, she had this thing where when you're doing a song that you know well, uh, I gotta post this sweet Squarespace song. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm supposed to do this month and I've been really failing at it and I need to do that before tonight. <laughs> because people like to be prepared and practice. Okay. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna text you right now, okay. so you look at it later and remember. And be like, oh yeah. Okay. So one of the things is that she's like, if there's a part on the song that you're struggling with and you know they use chest voice, she's like, literally use the exercise, get rid of the lyrics, use the exercise as a thing, so that you're like reprogramming, like this is where you should be singing this part. To use the exercise. That was your phone. I felt a phone vibrate. My phone vibrate. <laughs> I literally I just, just sent te- you a text. I, I immediately just forgot and I almost just texted my phone. I was like, nope. I don't know what that was for. But one of the songs is... Gosh, now I can't think of the song. I know. <laughs> um, in the End by Linkin Park. I know you know that one. Okay. I was like blanking on everything. I know. <laughs> so like, when he does like the In the End part, you go... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the end. Because it like reprograms your brain to be like, this is where, because you know how the exercise works. You know where you're supposed to feel it. Uh-huh. So you're like, okay, this is chest voice. So if I do the exercise, your brain goes, oh, this is where I'm supposed to sing that. That makes sense. Because she, she's like, we also have just a ton of bad habits. Y- well, so she's like, you yeah. can do all these exercises, and then on Sunday morning, you go to do your song, and it's immediately the same heart level. And you're like, what the heck? Why am I improving? She's like, it's because you have habits, which yeah. is really hard to break. So if you do that exercise, like, throughout the week before, you, which is what I was planning on doing, and I'm just so tired. <laughs> but so if I do that with the song I'm going to practice this week, it's like I'm retraining my brain to be like, no bad habits. Like, here's how it's, here's how you do it healthily. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense because our brains are designed to make shortcuts. Because my issue is that I usually, my most comfortable range is C. And if it doesn't work in C, we usually try G for a key. Okay. And whenever we do something that is, that has to be a little bit different. My default is just C. Like, literally, whenever I sing anything, it's just default in the key. Yeah, but, I mean, you're you're mezzo, aren't you? Like, mid-range? For, like, an alto soprano? When we were in choir together, I was really shocked that she put me in soprano. Because when I sang the soprano part, it was a lot harder than the alto part. Yeah, but she also probably had... She did have some really strong altos. Yeah, but I think maybe it's because I could do both of them that she was like, all right, you can kill it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I was a first soprano. Whoa. I need to fix that light. really finicky light. Got two bulbs in it. One of them is dying. And it only ever turns the only the one dying only ever turns on when I'm in the middle of something, like when I'm trying to nurse 2.0 to sleep, or when I'm podcasting with Kenzie, and it turns on, and I have not had the mental bandwidth to take care of it. Okay. Other things are of a concern right now. Literally everything else, it's like bottom of the list, but it's on the list, so that's something. Oh man, I lost my notebook of doom for like the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. It's my everything notebook. It's my brain outside my brain. Oh, yeah. She's got all of the podcast questions written in it. Yes. That's why I'm really glad it's not my week. Because <laughs> you're like, I'm uh, I'll find it eventually. It's a small place. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm excited about those vocal things to see how much I improve and how far I can go. Because I remember, like, going through this, I'm like, yeah, it's going to take a little bit. And then I remember going, huh? 
much time do I have? She's like, a year. And I was like, oh, oh, good. No. I was like, I have to, like, panically do this all in, like, four months. Oh, no. But it's okay. Because I just, I'm almost done with the Discover Your Voice, which is, like, all the basics. Okay. Even though I know how to sing doesn't mean I, like, know how to sing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, even if you know how to sing, going over the basics is going to be better for you anyways. Because my thing is, like, even though I have a a very full voice and I sing mostly alto range. Mm -hmm. And I can't get up in there. But I use my my chest voice most of the time so when it is getting up into an area where i need to have a mixed voice so your bridge is literally where your voice is about to flip over into falsetto mm-hmm. and i have a lot of songs that are right there oh it's really hard to sing on that and then like sometimes after we're done singing my voice is hoarse oh so i'm like i need to learn how to sing in a healthy way yeah for sustainability <laughs> i think i hurt my voice reading the column last night <laughs> And, but that's one of the things is that she's teaching, like, here's, because that's what the pharyngeal voice is for. It's an even mix of both your chest and your head voice so that when you go from chest to into head, you have a smooth transition. Transition. And if you have something that's on your bridge, it's not hard for you to sing there. Hmm. Which I'm noticing sometimes if I can, because that's a really advanced technique, so it's kind of hard. Yeah. But she but I've noticed sometimes when I can actually be in the mixed voice range, stuff is a lot easier. That would make sense because you're already warmed up and you're using it. And that's why she said sometimes, like, you'll hear a singer and you know they're higher, but their level tone hasn't changed at all. Hmm. That's their mixed voice. So it sounds like chest, but you know it's high enough that they're got to be using their head voice. That's what the mixed voice does. It keeps the tone the same the whole way through, but you also get dynamics. How interesting. I I hurt my voice because I uh, was reading Elephant and Piggy. And one of the stories is I want to take a nap. And so the little pig, whose name is Piggy, lays down and then starts snoring. Uh-huh. And so I was doing... <laughs> and that hurt. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but one of the things that I was thinking of that I can't remember now because I'm totally distracted. I do that. I am distracting. I am distractible. I am distraction. Oh, yeah. So that thought that I had while I was in the middle of telling you. So I was watching my sister's house and some neighbor popped in or popped over and she was like, hi. And I was like, oh yeah, they're gone. We'll be back on like Monday or whatever. And she had some poor little orphan missionary children. I called them orphan because they were like very obviously had just gotten in. Oh. Where it had that little like lost puppy dog. I'm like, like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what's going on. You people are nice, right? But also like one of them was definitely the alpha male because he was like more confident and they were all kind of like behind him and like lead us. <laughs> He'll protect us. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so she popped in and I was like, hey, so-and-so was talking about this thing and she Kelsey was like, who? And then I kind of was trying I said, she had short brown hair. She kind of my high slender build. And she, I don't know who that is. And I said, she looks like she's president of the PTA or she sounds like she's president of the PTA. And Kelsey went, this person. <laughs> I was like, That's- that was apparently I was like, apparently her voice is spot on for president of the PTA. Whoa. Oh, man. Because seriously, you thought of a voice. I I did, and I suddenly had a person in my head that I was like, that's what the president of the PTA looks like. Seriously, when I was talking to her, just her mannerisms and the way of her confidence and stuff, and I was like, you're not president of the local PTA, I will be very surprised. I was like, you are that kind of person. I was house-sitting with 1.0 and 2.0 by myself because Avery had to stay home and work. And so I sent 1.0 outside to play in the dirt. Kid loves dirt so much love dirt and uh so he is playing and it's been maybe 10 ish minutes since i checked on him and then there's a knock at the door mind you he's been playing outside for almost an hour at this point there's a knock at the door and i open it and it's someone i believe it's the neighbor to the left of the house and she's like i was like oh i'm just house sitting you know they're not here right now she's like do you have a little boy and i was like yes where is he and she's like he was in my backyard staring at my dog he like came right up to my door and like he really freaked me out (laughs) there was just suddenly a tiny human at her back door (laughs) and so then i had to take 2.0 kook who was very clingy i don't know what was going on maybe because we weren't home but he was very clingy so i had to carry him outside and then go find 1.0 and it was just 
<sighs> all by myself it was it was not fun i i applaud single moms so speaking of scaring people so i have the uncanny ability to scare people accidentally so does avery so i walk very quietly i don't know if that's just because i mean even when i go down the stairs i was walking behind um, a coworker at work the other day. Mm-hmm. And he went down the stairs, and I made virtual. I made no noise, and then he just. Dum, 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 dum. And I was like, I don't know if that's a guy thing, because even boyfriend just like I know it's him when he comes down the stairs, because he's the only one that makes noise going down the stairs. But I don't I'm, know. I will just be walking casually, and someone will turn around, and I'm there, and they just freak out. When I worked at um that pet hotel forever ago, yeah. I He's the best dog. Um, but one of my coworkers, he he had the night shift, so he was getting the morning food ready, and I pop in at six a.m. and he's got the music loud because nobody's there, and the boss can't tell him no. <laughs> and so he's making food, he's jamming out, and I stand in the doorway all blurrily, like barely awake, waiting for him to notice me, and he turns around. And he pulled his fist back <laughs> and like clenched up, and he was like, "Oh my god, don't ever do that again." He's like, "I just, I turn around because he was like almost seven foot. He was huge. Whoa! And I'm five three, so, so <laughs> I am here to destroy you." My hair was long and down that day, and I usually had it up in a ponytail when I went to work. And he turned around and just his brain said, "The ring girl." <gasps> And he just about took me out. Oh, no! Especially because he'd been alone for eight hours. I mean, other than dogs. I'm just there. And I do that a lot. Suddenly, I am just there. Okay. I did that at work today. Um, They're coming through the door, and I'm just sitting there waiting for them to come through. When my coworker, like, she just sees me and just does this little, oh, oh my gosh, which then freaked out the guy behind her. And he went, oh, my gosh, you scared me. (laughs) And I mean, one of my other coworkers said we need to get me a bell. <laughs> like, yeah. He was putting the totes on top of the pallets, and I came over with enough sack. He turned around. And, oh my gosh, we gotta get you a bell. <laughs> <laughs> I've 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 told that to Avery, and he's like, yeah, I would just start walking so it didn't ring. And I was like, I, I know. Would probably do the same thing too. I'd probably figure out how to walk without making a noise. I know. I the amount a, of times I, I've I nearly killed Avery. Halter. That's like a little holder thing. Uh huh reminiscent of like the 90s cell phone holders ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, those clips and, and when i walk it makes it rattles back and forth and it really bothers me so sometimes i'll just hold it and then i'm silent <laughs> it's a really good way to scare my other coworker. <laughs> me and him have like a scare thing going on mm-hmm. and i've been able to catch him before he gets me several times like one time we have these lockers that have clear windows so obviously they're very reflective uh-huh so I just glanced at the window and I see him like less than an inch from grabbing me. And I turn around and I was like, what's up? He's like, how did you know? And I said, the window. Because I use my environment. And then one time I heard him running up to me and I turned around and I was like, dude. And he's like, what? I was like, you're so noisy. Yeah, no, the amount of times I've nearly killed Avery. So, I always like, went in cleaning. Miss, always. Miss Taylor over here is a level what black belt? Two. Level two black belt. Second degree. So her first reaction to scare is to fight and then run. <laughs> yeah, that's literally it. People have fight, flight, or freeze. Mine is, I'm, and I think it's really a trained response at this point, is I'm going to punch you in the face as hard as I can or to incapacitate you somehow so that I can get away. Mm-hmm. Which is the whole point of her training is take him out as quick as possible and get away. Mm-hmm. Like we could do all these fancy things that hurt people and I'm like, no, I know how to do that, but I'm more comfortable kicking you and getting out of the way. <laughs> like, a boot to the head and you're done. Yeah, or you just kick out the knee. Ooh. <sighs> Knees. I hate them. Mm-hmm. They're but, weird. They're yes, painful. I, I'm glad to know that. I mean, at least whenever I go to a haunted house, I'm not scared. Because I'm mostly interested in how they're doing things. I once had a scary person, like laughing so hard so i was on a date with a high school boyfriend at a haunted maze 
the corn maze outside, you know. Mm-hmm. And we had just gone through this tunnelish, this like dugout they tunnel. Better than a haunted house. Though. They are because you can hear the chainsaw dude way off in the distance, and then they're quiet. And you're like, it was Shoot. a chainsaw guy. Okay, so you have to make picture it. I am walking behind my boyfriend at the time. My arms are around him. Our fingers are interlocked. He's having so much fun because I'm so freaking out. We come through this tunnel and it's a little bit like muddy. Just there's been so many people walking through it. It's just kind of a little bit slick. And then out of this dark tunnel patch area, I don't even remember what quite it looked like. I just didn't realize it was there. A guy comes out with a chainsaw and a freaking mask and I scream, pick up my boyfriend who was probably at least 70 pounds heavier than I was at the time and turn him. I don't. What did he do? I don't remember. It's been a long time. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Over 10 years. He did a sport. <laughs> <laughs> he played sport ball. Sport contact? I don't know. Um, sport so contact. I'm not wrong. I picked him up and I turned into a, to address the threat. <laughs> and, and then I nearly slipped because of how muddy it was. And I just, I think the fact, because I was so rail thin in high school and there was just we the fact I picked, in. yeah, yeah. The fact I picked him up and turned him like full on by his fingers. Adrenaline. <laughs> I just, this guy was laughing, and we could hear him laughing for the next like minute as we walked away. <laughs> so, probably the best chance we went to one of the haunted corn mazes, and there were three chainsaw dudes. And we could hear them in the distance, and every time they were silent, we all come, kind of oh no, <laughs> no, we can't prepare ourselves. No! So the first dude that came up, he just erupted out of the corn, and we all kind of scattered. And my youth leader at the time was like, "No, thank you, sir." (laughs) I I I was drinking some water. Don't do that. (laughs) So we all just kind of scattered, and I don't have like a high pitched scream reaction. I just go "Oh!" and things freak me out. Like that's my that's my thing. Yeah, (laughs) that's what I do. And then so the I don't remember about the second one, but the third one. No, I remember the second one. So the second one, I see him coming out of the corner of my eye. He's in the front. And he gets everybody in the front of us. I was like, oh, I scream, scatter, kind of do the laugh thing because, you know, it's not an actual chainsaw. So it's like, oh, I'm scared, haha. And then the third one waited till he was, like, in the middle of our group and just scared the crap out of us. <laughs> so what happened is one of my friends, his sister was with another friend, and they were kind of linked to arms they're all scared uh-huh. and then he so the chains i do comes out into the middle of our group just out of nowhere oh. i mean it was in a sparse area of corn too so we had no idea where he was <laughs> but i mean the nighttime probably helped and that he was not in black but gray oh so he yeah. blended in better because you yeah. know it's black because it's not black it doesn't black. match yeah so he was in gray which really made him blend in so he erupts in the middle of the group my friend pushes through his sister and his other friend shoves them both to the ground and sprint off. Oh no! Me and my other friend, who is now married to his sister. Okay. Um. So we all we do is we hear the noise and we're just gone. We just took off running, like so, sprinting. So. And I think that was a fat like t- he was a track person. Like he was fast, and I was managing to keep up with him. I was like, so, so we just ran so fast, and and then I remember like my brain. It was weird watching him because. There was two paths he could have taken, and he did a stutter step thing and went, oh, oh, and went that way, and went to the left. Uh-huh. And part of me was like, that was really funny. The other part of me was, follow him! <laughs> <laughs> so the so last... we get oh, to God. the next area, and it's just the hable sitting around. We're both, oh, oh, and I said, did you see him? He went, no. And I said, me too. I just heard him and ran. <laughs> so apparently, that's the people we are. We just leave our friends to die. <laughs> As long as I'm faster than you, I'm gonna live. Oh, it's the last time I was at a haunted corn maze. Um, my a friend of mine, her baby was July, August, September, October. He was maybe four months old, maybe four months old, and he was swaddled all up on dad, um, which is one of those baby Bjorn wraps or whatever. And dad's six one, and so y- you see him first, and so the chainsaw guy like popped out, paused, did the headcock thing let the revving go on the chainsaw and was like, okay, and then like went back. Like, all of the workers were like, that's a baby! Why, why is there a baby? Why you grab it? I don't know. There was no protocol for a <laughs> tiny human. I don't know. Why. It was so silly. Like, the, oh. the last haunted house I went to was Nightmare on 
No, not Nightmare Infection. The other one. The one on 666? Yeah. The one that's right next to Fear. Fear Factory. No. Fear Factory. That's the one I went to. Is it? Yeah. So we were all in a group. We were all just kind of hanging out, waiting to go in. It was a really freakishly long wait. But I didn't get scared once. Okay, but, but like, it's probably a freakishly long wait because that building is actually haunted. Really? Yeah. They had somebody die in the factory before it was shut down. And um, they had some ghost company people come out. Uh, yeah, the people. Because there was like 300 people trying to get in there. Yeah, because it's haunted. I had no idea. I don't really care. <laughs> but, I don't know. So we went, and every time something would happen, they would jump. I think I think haunted house workers hate me because I don't react. Because I'm more focused on how are you doing this. <laughs> Where are they coming from next? Hmm. Not even that. Just how does this thing work? That was so cool. One of the one of the ones that actually got me was that Friday. It was that Friday the 13th. Um, Nightmare on 13th. And they had a whole animatron that leapt out at you. Oh, was it the wolf? I don't remember. But it leapt out at you. And I thought it was an actual person that went back like on a bungee cord. Oh, well, that would have like, been oh, that's cool. cool. And then I realized it was animatronic, and then I was like, "Whoa, that's even cooler!" Because what? I uh, I once ran into a friend as a haunted house worker, and I was like, "Well, hi!" And, like they were totally in character, but I was so thrown to see them there. I know you. But yeah. The, the thing about uh, Fear Factory is that you could pay different levels. Mm-hmm. You get wristbands, so they yeah, so they can they immediately they tell. They can touch you if they can separate you from your group. Mm-hmm. All these things. And me, like I'm like, don't do that because then I'll just be annoyed. Um. Yeah. No. Taylor's reaction would just be immediately almost killed him. Like I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those. I'm sorry. And that's why I don't go that often. <laughs> so, you've been on Tower of Terror, right? Mm-hmm. I love that ride. Oh. It's my favorite ride ever. It's so fantastic. Well, so my, I'm a little sad that they turned in Guardians of Galaxy. I mean, I understand. I understand that they wanted to update, but like, it will never be the same. No, they could have just made a different ride. They don't have that much space. They could have just made a different ride. <laughs> <laughs> They're Disney. They could have paid someone like five million dollars and we got space. Oh goodness. So, but we when we were in Disneyland when I was in high school, um. I was like, Mom, I want to go on Tower of Terror. And we were there, like, super early in the morning. Like, that was the first ride we hit. And then my sister, right underneath me, so she's 2.0 in our family, like, my sibling group. And she's like, I want to go. And my mom and I was like, are you sure? Yeah, I want to go. I don't believe you, but sure. It was so empty. We walked in, walked around, walked up the stairs, and then we got all the way up. It was so empty. So that we... Part of the beautiful thing about that ride is that it's completely immersive. Oh, absolutely. I love that. So From the time you get in line. Mm-hmm. So I, we were in there. We did the drop. We did the up and down and up and down. I love that it's random. Ah, every time. And then the opening. And then we get to the top. And the worker who's dressed in character is like... Said something about it being empty. And it did we want to ride again? And my sister goes, no! And rips her seatbelt off. She shoves a little old lady off down in her the seat she was just trying to get out of. And runs entirely down the stairs. My mom starts laughing. She's like, that's my daughter. And walks off. And then I'm like, the pause. Awkward pause. I don't want to do this myself. Unclick. Stand up. They're my ride. And walk off. She ran the entire way to my dad, screaming. <laughs> like, it was... So, when I was little, I was probably like five. My whole family went to Disneyland. When I was at that point where I was just tall enough for some rides and just barely too short for others. Okay. And also not understanding why I was too short for others. Just like, I want to go on the ride that my siblings are going on, not understanding that there's a reason that I probably shouldn't be going on that ride. But one of the things that happened is we were we were going toward Indiana Jones, and I thought it was the river water boat right next to it. Oh, jungle, the jungle, jungle cruise. Water, yeah, the jungle cruise. And so Al, so my sister, who would be three point <laughs> yeah, in your family, is just having an absolute fit. She's crying. She doesn't want to go. She's scared. Me, my little five year old brain goes. But it's a nice boat ride. There's nothing to be scared of. So I'm like, it's okay. It'll be great. It'll be so much fun. And then we get to the front of the Indiana Jones ride. But like, I don't think you will. Because that's a little different. I remember there being like a 
like a gazebo and like fences line. This is they must have updated. Like my like my little kid is logicking my way through this whole ordeal, even as we're going through the whole cave. And then I see the jeeps, and I think, oh, they must. And so I was thinking, so we get in there and I see the jeeps and I think, oh, they must have totally run out of boats for the river ride. <laughs> they ran out of boats for the and river. My little kid logic just immediately was like, okay, so there's boats, they don't have any more boats. Those jeeps look like they can make it through the water. Okay, logic achieved. We, they are out of boats and this is what we have. That's cool. I've never been one. That looks fun. So then we go on the ride that I'm barely tall enough for. And I'm thinking, hmm, where's the water? And then the first scary thing happens, and I go, this is not what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> and so me, a little five-year-old, I have holes in my eardrums, so I don't hear very well to begin with. Most of the world is mumbly to uh-huh. me, so sometimes I will mumble really bad. Mm-hmm. Teachers have looked at Taylor for translation. They literally have. <laughs> like... I'll uh... say something, and they just look at her, and she translates, and go, okay. It was mostly, it was mostly McLaren. <laughs> mostly McLaren. And then I'll get talking fast enough that it just is hard for people who don't know me. And so I immediately, so any loud noises that were loud enough that I could hear them actually would freak me out when I was little because the world is muted and then there's suddenly this one clear loud noise. Oh, that would be so creepy. Yeah. So when we're going through the Jeep, I mean, it's different now when I was little. And there was one part where we went through and there was like really loud bee noises and they had like a buzzing like little projector screen of like bees crawling around or whatever. Mm. And that really freaked me out. And mm. so like it's just getting progressively worse and worse. The boulder was going to crush us, I swear. I knew it was death. Like <laughs> I saw death. I and saw it was the boulder. Coming for me. The boulder is conflicted. <laughs> the boulder is no longer conflicted. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if but, you know you I know mean, so the end of that ride we come off i'm sobbing oh alex wants to go again <laughs> so we go into the ride me thinking it's the little jungle cruise we're gonna see the elephants it's gonna be great and then i'm traumatized and then we come and on the ride 3.0's freaking out she's crying and so sad and we come off right let's go again and i'm just <laughs> i had no idea what we were walking into. My mom and dad were like, we should have explained it better. Oh, man. I thought, oh, she's surprisingly okay with this. Me. Not realizing. Not realizing it was completely other. Because they're right next to each other. Yeah. Little kid logic will get you very far. <laughs> it makes up for a lot. I, My sister and I went on that big roller coaster in California Adventures. It, when it was California Screaming, I think we went on it seven times in a row. I think they changed the name of it. I don't know. I was like, I just California Screaming. It's got a loop de loop and a flash y'all. Yeah, we, we went on that like seven times in a row. That's funny. Yeah, but seven times in a row, we were both like really dizzy. <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore. So, yeah. we have a theme park here, which is actually honestly one of the best theme parks I've ever been to. It's, it's really good. And it's not because I'm biased, it's because there's shade. Every there are There's so, so many, many trees. Probably a lot less. We had a massive windstorm right through here. Did they? Did and it take lost, down? They lost some trees, oh. which was really sad because they were like probably hundred year old cotton trees. They were huge. Yeah, they were massive. They were really big cotton trees, and so. But I mean, it's because I mean, while there does get a lot of people there, it's always a manageable number. It's a manageable number. There's enough the rides and space. Literally in the middle of a work day. Oh well, duh. But, but I mean, it was. But even just, on Saturdays, we like, have it's a really not. good rapid ride. We got some good roller coasters, except mm-hmm. for the bat. The bat was so disappointing. They talked up this ride for so long because it was the first ride where you dangle your feet. It was going to be awesome. And it goes like it's five a, miles an hour. It's a, it's a child's ride. It is for children. It's. I can't open it right now, buddy. I'm sorry. 1.0 is. No, no. Open your mama. Uh-huh. Open your mama. He, he's still polite about it. <laughs> yes, because we've worked on that for probably a year and a half now. <laughs> <sighs> but so I mean, but also it's got some really great. The cannibal. Is <sighs> a great roller coaster. I love that it has a negative incline. Yes. 
you shoot up straight and then you tip over to like you hit the top of it and you tip over and you hit a negative incline i think it's 180 so instead of being a 90 degree angle it's like a 97 degree (laughs) yeah like you were you're no longer flat under and it's so freaky and the reason why it took him so long to open it though is because it wasn't designed (laughs) i don't know if you can hear him but of course now he's quiet So desperate for some attention. You know, you gotta go on a bike ride today, though. He's very excited about that. Well, he just he sits in a little child seat on the back of Avery's bike, mm-hmm. and then we have what are called little libraries. We've got two of them pretty close. So he and Avery just pop over there, exchange the books, get some new books for 1.0. Really like communal libraries; they're very fun. Yeah, like there's the little ones on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. They, I find them so interesting. Like, oh. How fun! I get to trade and trade and trade. The magic of libraries. Ah, I love libraries. But anyway, so the cannibal it took so long to open because it wasn't made by someone who actually makes roller coasters. So mm. it took him a long time to figure out how to make it so people wouldn't pass out. G forces would do that because after you come out of that the steepest incline ever, you come up and when you and you loop down and you go back up. But oh. that, all the forces slam into you at the bottom. This uh-huh. happened to me a couple times where I get spotty vision. Yeah, it's a it's a lot. So they were having trouble figuring out how to make it slow down enough that you didn't pass out. Yeah. Did you know you could loop-de-loop people to death? Yes. Why okay. do I know that? Uh, Tumblr. Probably. That roller coaster, <laughs> is that a, a way to die roller coaster yeah. thing? Or just a billion loop-de-loops? Again, the weirdness of Tumblr. Hmm tumblr although do you remember that video on tumblr there was that guy who was sprinting after a car he, it, he they were like oh look at this meth addict he's so drunk up there was not a, it was not a person but the thing is he had glowing red eyes they were reflective which human eyes do not do nah okay they, the eyes, reflection made them look glowy okay, yeah but so the thing about humans is when you shine a light on they don't glow like cat and dog eyes this dude's eyes. More reflect. That's not a human. And also, it's encrypted. Like, also, like, he was obviously naked, but he was, like, buff as hell. Mm-hmm. And he was keeping pace with the car. Mm-hmm. And everyone just went, yo, look at this dude. And everyone's told him, that's not a dude. That's a something. That's encrypted. Yep. Also, have you heard the story about the not deer? Mm, I think so, but tell me anyways. Right, so, there's, I, I might try to Google it once, and the stories are very far between. I think it's rare enough occurrence. Like, but on Tumblr, like there was several hunters that were like, yeah. So it's like they'll be in the woods going after deer and they'll see something move and their brain goes, Deer. But then the hind brain goes, No, it wasn't. <laughs> so then they look again and they say it's a not deer because they're not it looks like a deer, but everything says not a deer run. Because it's off. There's something wrong with it. Yeah, your hind brain it's the closest description is deer. But also just more not deer. Oh my goodness. Have you have you ever heard of Skinwalker Ranch? The name sounds really, really familiar. It's it's in Utah. It is I don't know if it's haunted or if it's cryptid infested. Like when you said Skinwalker, I was like, where is he? Patricia Briggs? Uh no, Skinwalker Ranch. I think it's in Utah. This family bought it. And they were told by the previous owners, you, um, probably, <laughs> but I, after they bought it, they were told by the previous owner, you cannot remove anything from this land. And they tried to remove a stump. And then I don't remember. Bad things were happening. Bad, bad things were happening. And they saw a massive wolf that they ended up finally describing as a dire wolf, which is extinct. A dire wolf? Uh-huh. Amongst other crazy things, there were locks on every single one of the doors, inside and outside, in the house. Like, the, you were... I'm gonna have to deep dive for you on this, because it is hey, freaking insanity. This is why we have a... We should maybe pick another podcast for horror stuff. Yeah, just any horror stuff. <laughs> any, oh. This would be a good thing to just do the whole podcast on Skinwalker Ranch, which is also known as Sherman Ranch. Yeah, but no, it's Which Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah. 
Ballard, Utah, which I don't know what it is. There's a lot of towns where they'll be like, hey, this is in Utah. And they'll say a name, and I'm like, I've never heard of it. And then I'm like, well, I've literally been to towns that are like five minutes away from it. But it says, it's reputed to be the site of paranormal and UFO-related activities. Its name is taken from the Skinwalker of Navajo legend concerning Vengeful Shaman. Mm-hmm. Except those guys bring carnage and death everywhere. Which would make sense because apparently this place is a no go, and they made a movie. Oh, it's it's over by Vernal. Yeah, yeah, but Skinwalker Ranch, like creepiest place in Utah. Well, okay, we have a lot I can't, of creepy places. I can't say that definitively, but there's a lot of creepy places in Utah. We have a lot of creepy. Why do we have so many creepy places? Because we are surrounded by forest and desert and mountains. Or what she call a temperate desert. Uh-huh. We get seasons. <laughs> we get two. Don't lie. We get a week of win we get a week of fall and we get like two weeks of spring. And then it's just really hot and really cold. Yeah. I would know how cold I gotta go to work at six AM. Sometimes it's like twelve mm. degrees outside. This is why I'm determined to have cover. <laughs> my my commute from my bed to my computer is often disrupted. By the cat who refuses to accept that I have a routine. And it does not include feeding him until after I clock in for work. <laughs> I clock in and then I feed you cat. I think we have like some haunted mining areas. Mm-hmm. We have some haunted mines. We have that haunted building that turned into a horror building. Which is super cool driving by the freeway and being like, that's the scary building. <laughs> that's the scary. It, it's really cool artwork. Like, look it up. Um. I think it's Fear Factory. Oh, yeah. Our junior high, the choir teacher was pretty positive that the choir room was haunted. I could believe that so because she been... she reminds me of Trelawney. But she, there was one time where we were in there and the lights just started moving. I don't remember that. I don't think you were in there. Oh, well, that's why I wouldn't remember it. But, also, but no, so there's like also, also we the. Just sitting there and like her little sound system thing just blared music for no reason. And the mm-hmm. radio was unplugged, so we were like, whoa. Well, that's weird. But she said it was because it was apparently she named him Charlie. I don't know why. But apparently it's because when they were building it, one of the contractors fell in between the walls and they filled it with cement. I do remember this story. Mm-hmm. It sounds like an urban myth, but like. <sighs> well, we also have like Thistle. Have you ever been, been past Thistle? All I can think of is a thistle thorn, which is a terrible weed maker. No, so the town the town is called Thistle, and it is half submerged. If you're and headed from Salt Lake to Vegas, um, half submerged is that the one where you're going on your way to Fairbanks? My brain said Alaska. No, oh, not Fairbanks, Alaska. Dang it! There is a town where when you go through. It's like part of the way through the canyon on your way to Price. Uh-huh. And, and it's on the side of the road and you just catch it out of the side of your eye and you're like, excuse me, what was that? And you take a turn off and you go to the town that starts with an F. My aunt and uncle have a town called an F. But you drive through a town where you see like a lot of old houses that are half submerged water. Mm-hmm. It's because the dam was breaking and they're like, hey, we got we to gotta release the dam water. Uh, I don't, I actually looked it up. It wasn't the dam. It was... Dam. <laughs> no, it wasn't the dam. It was the because uh, that town existed to care for trains, and they had a train stop there. But the train and the continuous movement on the soil disrupted the soil enough that like the train lines had moved like half a foot in a week, and so they knew that the ground was unstable and that there was going to be a flood. But that one's not creepy. That one's just creepy if you've never, if you don't know what it is. Utah really does have some weird. It's really pretty though. It's it's hauntingly beautiful. Like it's one of those things that if I took a photo, it would be a really cool photo. I found some really cool photos of it actually. Like it's. Speaking of photos, if you go into Park City and you like go into all the little art things, (gasps) I love them. Billion paintings and photos of this one barn on the side of the road. Everybody takes a photo of it. I don't know why. It's just a barn. Yeah. It's a red barn, and everybody takes a photo of it. But it's a pretty barn. And me and my dad were walking around like, why is everybody... I, I don't want something different. Everybody's got a picture of this thing. Um, what? Okay, the West Desert's really creepy. Well. Yeah, the, okay. Where Susan Powell is presumably disposed of in the mining shafts? 
like I'm having a lot of deep memories come up, and I'm like, I should know who that is. I know the name so well. Susan Powell was killed, w- presumably killed by her husband, um, Josh Powell. He then blew himself up with his boys on a supervised visit. Okay, from the courts. Getting how long ago was this? Two thousands, late two thousands. That could be why, because I was t- tiny child and like didn't really care. <laughs> I had more important things. It was having more entertainment. But I was like, I remembered the name. So yeah, no, it obviously was... Obviously, it was big enough that little tiny children were getting... Getting exposed to the, the uh-huh. horrors. Um, but also, Elizabeth Smart's whole story, man. That one was insane. I know, that was insane. But I mean, she was little enough that she totally believed him. And also, that was the one time. It was a little bit after she got kidnapped. And my mom said, if anyone ever grabs you, she's like, scratch. Like, do whatever you can to get away. She was like, if they threaten to kill you, I don't care. She's like, get away from them. Like, scratch their eyes out. Like, bite them. She was, like, telling me to, like, horribly maim people. Um, yeah. And it, like, freaked me out for a little bit. Because, I mean, little tiny was like, what? Why would I ever do this? is so against everything you've taught me. And the older I get, the more I'm like, I'm so glad she told me to do whatever I could. Because, like, because that's how a lot of kids get away is when their parents have told them, like, fight as hard as you can. Yeah. A struggling person is a lot harder to keep up. Mm. Yeah. What? Did you know that the Rio Grande train depot is haunted? Makes sense. I mean, it makes sense, but like, why didn't I know that? Yeah. I thought you were going to say the Grand America for a second. I was like, what? (laughs) You mean the big America? So there's a Grand America and then a Little America. And so I call the big one the Big America. (laughs) They're right next to each other. And the Little America, you walk in, you're like, holy crap, this is a fancy hotel. And And then then you walk in the Grand Grand America. America. And then you think, oh my gosh, this is where movie stars stay. (laughs) Yeah, this is where the money people stay. Yeah, it's really fancy. Fancy schmancy hotel. I mean, it'd be fun to spend a night here, but also, like, why? I ain't into that kind of stuff. I ain't into that kind of money. If I'm gonna spend a night in a fancy hotel, I want it to be, like, a dumb, like, themed hotel. You know? Where it's, like, they have, like, a pirate ship. I stayed in a train car. Where it's, like, they have a pirate ship, and that's where your bed is, and they have, like, a little fountain, like, a room, like, like a whole-on themed hotel room. I've stayed in a train car. Yeah. I think it was, it was down by Moab. I've always wanted to do, like, a cross-country train ride. I think trains are cool. I think everyone who was once a child thought trains were cool. Because they are. Well, they are. Like, they're fantastic. I think a cross-country train ride would be cool. I think I'd want to do it if I ever went to Europe. Mm, Yeah. My sister went to Europe. Mm -hmm. And everything was cool. She said Rome was weird, though, because there's nothing green there. Like, there's no trees or no, like... Like, we have just an absurd amount of trees and grass everywhere here like parks are everywhere there was one tree when the saints rolled up and they fixed that problem (laughs) so basically rome was not built with the intention of keeping the forest alive it was just this is where we're putting it and they got rid of whatever was in the way Mm. so there's not a lot of greenery in rome and i remember she was saying that was weird however she did say that everyone in paris is really mean but the country Frenchmen are all really nice, and they think the Parisians are dumb. <laughs> they, because she was talking to someone that, like, yeah, we were in Paris, and they were just so rude, and they're like, yeah, yeah, the Parisians are rude. They're like, we don't know why. They're, all of their income depends on tourism. Oh snap! Basically, the country French folk are like, yeah, the Parisians are dumb. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. you know that story about the two mouse, the country mouse and the city mouse? That's basically what they are. Hi, kiddo. I can talk to you in a little while, okay? You've now been named Auntie. Oh, I've been named Auntie. I have been christened. Yep. It's official. Even though I already knew it. He's <laughs> uh, so tired. He can't deal with it. Well, he woke up vomiting yesterday from a nap. Oh, poor little one. Mm-hmm. And then got to bed about 10 because he took a really... I finally like was able to just cuddle with him and get him back to sleep. It was coming out of his nose. Oh, that's the worst. Uh-huh. It was you smell it forever and your nose is just on fire. And he didn't want to brush his teeth and I didn't want to push it, but I knew if brushing his teeth would help clean out his mouth, it was just and it would make it Yes. And I told him that, but he didn't want to and I wasn't gonna push it. And I Because <sighs> you're like, you already feel like crap. I don't wanna like make you cry because I'm like forcing you. Yeah. And he's still running a fever, but he's acting pretty much okay, so we're just watching him. <sighs> 
being a parent. You're. It's weird how emotional we get when you're when you're sick. Yeah. So when he was 13, 14 months, he caught hand, foot, and mouth. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. It was rough. So at the time, we were living with a friend and her family, and so she, as a kid, lived in Oregon in a pretty small town, and so hadn't ever really been exposed to a lot of those childhood diseases. So she came down with it. Avery, same thing, lived in, you know, a semi-rural town in Alaska until he was 12. He caught, caught it, came down pretty hard with it. Um, my friend's husband and I both had it several times as a kid, so we were totally fine. But all of the kids came down with it. Like, 1.0 at one point was in my lap asleep while I was working. This this kid doesn't settle down to sleep. He was so uncomfortable. He didn't feel good. I have pictures of him just spotted. It was so rough. I think because when I got my first COVID shot, I like I couldn't sleep because first of all I'm feverish, mm-hmm. and after mono I feel like I'm a lot more susceptible. Which makes sense. Mono just wrecks you. Because mono just makes your immune system a little bit pathetic. And, <laughs> Uh, I'm weak. But usually what happens is that someone gets something on top of it because your immune system is totally shot. So it's really easy for something else. So it's usually you have mono and. Mm, which but makes sense. I had a fever for like a month straight at 100 degrees. You you were very miserable at school. Yeah. And then at work because I was out of sick days. And mm. they gave me a write-up. And she was even like, I think this is really dumb. But didn't you have a doctor's up. note? It only covered a couple days. I would have gotten another one. I know. Should have. But she was like, this is dumb that I have to do this. I get why you called out. I would have called out. She's like, but this is like stupid work policy and I have to. So she's like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I've come to discover that if a company will not work with you, they're not worth working for. Like, I mean, there's totally a line where, like, okay, beyond this, this is totally taking advantage of us. We can't. But if you can't look at an individual situation and make an adjustment, like. But so mono makes me, I think, really susceptible to fevers, especially because my regular temperature is 96. So if I'm at 98, I feel crappy as heck. Did you know that in recent years they've been doing studies and they think that either the human population's normal temperature has gone down or that our measurement instruments have been getting better and that humans actually are existing at a lower temperature but they haven't done anything to update what is considered a fever yeah, a fever is a fever at 100.5 four oh and you just feel crappy way before there yep but if the average temperature is lower i mean if everyone runs closer to 96 97 then 99.3 or 4 mm-hmm. is probably closer i think the highest i ever got was 100 and I remember I was like actively shivering. I once had the flu. And then flu. mom made me take the covers off and made me put on shorts and a t-shirt and I was really, really cold. And then my fever broke and I went really hot and sweaty and I was like, ah! <sighs> but yeah, so when I got my first COVID shot, I got it in my right arm because that's my dominant arm and I knew I'd move it the most. Yeah. But I sleep on my right side a lot. So oh. I'm feverish. My arm hurts a lot more than it would if I wasn't feverish. And every time I rolled over onto my right side, it'd wake me up. I know. I so my nurse was great. She's like, "Are you right-handed or left-handed?" I was like, "I'm right-handed, but I hold my baby with my left hand." And she's like, "Oh, well then, I don't know what to tell you." And I was like, "Let's just go left arm. It's fine. I'll get up for it." (laughs) But I did. I feel like my second shot hit me way worse. It did. I I've heard from a lot of people that their second shot was worse, and I. I think that's if you get Moderna. I got Pfizer. I heard Pfizer doesn't give you as harsh a reaction as Moderna. I had to call out from work so did i both times but my work has a special thing in place oh for like the covid thing yeah because they were like we want you to get the vaccine but we don't want you to get punished for getting the vaccine so here's some special time if you need to call out you'll get full pay and you won't get any points on you or anything i uh i messaged my boss and i was like hey i got my second vaccine i just got nauseous i'm out like i can't do today and she's like that's fine and i went back to bed and i slept another three four hours and then i woke up and i was decent I could have clocked back in for work, but I was already out for the day. I, had a fever for like two days. I don't remember having a fever, though I probably did. Yeah, but my brother-in-law was like, I don't know, it was kind of weird to say, but he was like, I think COVID was good for us and that 
You got a heck of a lot of sleep when you hit this. <laughs> like, you just slept a lot. He's like, you were literally catching up on sleep. Oh, man. So my dad, with his second COVID shot, I don't remember what, um, which company he got. But he's like, yeah, it's like my autopilot turned off. And I was like, looking at him all funny. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, your mom made me a grilled cheese sandwich. And I couldn't just pick it up and eat it. I had to, like, talk myself through each individual step. Move out your hands. Close your fingers around your sandwich. Pick up the sandwich. Put sandwich in mouth. Bite down. Chew. And I was like, whoa. Keep your tongue out of the way. No. <laughs> I hate biting my tongue. It's the worst. I don't understand whenever you bite your tongue or your lip. Mm. You know it's not supposed to be there. So why you sit there? Hmm. And then why do you keep hitting? I just well, and then you keep biting it because now it's all swollen because you you control a lot of your mouth. Like you can like chew on your finger, not very hard. Well, because that's, you that's it your brain. Chewing it, like you realize how much force your jaw has. You can bite off fingers, but your brain just says, "Don't do that. That'll hurt, dummy." Your brain stops you from a lot of damage because literally, if you get electrocuted and you fly across the room, that is the power of your muscles throwing you yeah it's because they all contracted at once yeah that is just how strong you are but your brain has a prohibitor because it goes that'll cause damage don't do that (laughs) well that's why hysterical strength can be so dangerous Mm -hmm. like yeah mom can lift the car off the baby but mom now has muscle and bone damage yeah so it's like you're literally you are literally so amazingly powerful but your brain goes that will cause damage so no well like your your brain if all your muscles clenched all at once, you would break yourself. Like, your bones would shatter. Yeah. Like, the human body is incredibly powerful, but brain is smart enough to go, no. Okay, no, no, no. We are not labeling brains as smart. That sack of salt and fat is not smart. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, it's survivalists. Funny. Oh, yeah, it's funny. What? Your brain is I know. <laughs> I think, no, I no, 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 no. This consciousness like- that lives and exists within this body is separate from my brain. I tell this to my therapist all the time. And I'll be like, I'm separate from my body. So when my body's doing something weird and I don't like it, I'm like, oh, that's not me. That's my body. I, one of my favorite things is the meme where it's like, what's the best organ? And everyone votes the brain. And it's just that whole meme of Obama putting the metal on himself. <laughs> 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 What's the best organ? Obviously. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's my heart. My heart's having me down. Yeah. My heart's What's, never let me down. What What is my current heart rate right now? Let's find out. I don't know. 83. It might not take a minute. It's got a measure. It doesn't have it ready. It's like, oh, you want to know right now? Okay. I, I look. Hold I please. Just actively Mine will, I can see the, the little green light turning on. Um, and I imagine if I connected it to my foreign... My phone. My phone. Me forehead. <laughs> uh, mine's going down. Seventy-eight. That's my resting. Yeah. See, whenever I, well, the last time I went to the cardiologist, they took my heart rate and it was at sixty-seven, which oh. is where it normally is. Okay. And I was so shocked because it hadn't been that since before I got COVID. Oh. So like today it was at one hundred thirty. I don't think it was there for long because mm-hmm. normally when it gets that high, I can usually tell. Oh, okay. And I remember we went to go hike up to the living room hike. And my heart rate was like, you're at 172. And I was like, I don't believe you because I know what 168 feels like and I feel fine. You but, lie. You lie like a dog in the sun. Because my cardiologist says that Fitbits are accurate enough. Enough. I mean. Yeah. He's like, it's uh, it's not a freaking scan that you would have at the hospital, but it's close enough. It'll well, those are, those are specifically designed for the accuracy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I hated the fetal heart monitors. Those things, the way my belly grows when I'm pregnant, those things just won't stay on. They're always shifting. And I always have the nurse in there, like, wiggling and adjusting. She's like, all right, well, just just keep trying. I was like, thanks. I'm going to cough and it's going to move. So you'll be back. See you. <laughs> when I had, I had to wear a heart monitor for a little bit because my doctor was like, I'm pretty sure nothing's wrong with you, but let's just make sure. Uh-huh. Especially because my dad got diagnosed with heart failure. So he was like, let's just be doubly sure that there's nothing wrong with you makes sense so i wore it for 24 hours and after about three hours i sweat off the bottom one. Oh no because <laughs> i work in a warehouse and i work really hard <laughs> i've lost 12 pounds since i started there <sighs> and i and my brain is like you don't look any different you don't feel any different and i'm like i've been told by several people i do yeah so you like, look you look fit and trim so dumb <laughs> like why can't you accept that things have changed that's because you are not your brain 
Just saying. But also, today, so these shorts, I wear them a lot, and I can't decide if I need to wash them, and that's why they feel looser, or if I'm actually noticing things now. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Because I, none of my clothes fit differently. Mm, some of mine do. But, like, I've been losing inches and not weight, so. Yeah. Losing weight is weird. I learned recently that weight loss and diet are only, like, 7% of your overall, like, health, the wholeness of your health. Yeah, uh, because a lot of people think, oh, I gotta exercise like crazy. Mm-hmm. No, you just, most, you don't even have to exercise. You can just change your diet and it will just come off of you. Eventually. I learned recently, um, so I joined the program Noom that's for helping with weight loss and it's all about like psychology and they actually really teach you about how your body works the reason everybody's body's totally different so what works for others may not work for you no actually they teach you about like the specifics of like the hormones in your body Mm -hmm. and that so the the, what i was going to bring up is they taught me that the reason exercise helps is because intense exercise lowers your hunger response for up to 48 hours when you're not as hungry, you're not eating as much. Also, vitamins. Mm-hmm. Also, I like, because a lot of people are like, here's how you get rid of this certain fat thing on you. And I'm like, well, everybody's body is so different mm-hmm. that for some people, like, yeah, I can lose that area really fast. And other people struggle with it. It's just because your body's different. Yeah. Mine. <laughs> some people, because you want their abs doesn't mean you're going to get their abs. That just means that your abs, unique to you, will start to appear. I had a friend send me a, a a Twitter, and it was like, my body thinks I'm still a peasant in the olden days. Oh, you're not eating as much? It's a fine, Milas. We'll keep the weight on, and we'll help survive the... <laughs> one of my other favorites one is that me using, like, a whole thing of cinnamon and all these spices, and my ancestors were like, she thrives. <laughs> <laughs> or me sitting in my bathtub with a glass of wine. She thrives. <laughs> yeah, no, like those are just like the fact that you don't have to work so hard just to survive is a huge progress. We, I wouldn't. We traded physical labor for emotional labor. That's a real thing. Yeah, it is. Because while, because I, I know, like, there's a lot of people that are still try, like working really hard to survive, but in a different way. Uh huh. Yeah. Because a lot of because there you get to a point where you're like, I'm really tired of surviving. I want to actually enjoy life. Yeah. Well, I learned recently that my ideas regarding beautiful things in my home is very different than a lot of people. So my idea, I was recently at a lesson where this lady was like, we got this Tiffany's vase given to us for our wedding 16 years ago. And this is the first time I used it was for this lesson. And I was like, why? If you have a beautiful vase, anytime I got flowers, I would pull that thing out because I think the fundamental difference is their idea is this is beautiful. I need to keep it for a special occasion. Yeah, and mine is like, you're not waiting for a special occasion. You're like, and my I life have is, this. I'm going to my use life it. is a special occasion. Mm-hmm. My mom has China. They got for their wedding. That's been sitting in her upper cabinet. And I don't think we've ever used it. And my parents have been married for like 37 years. <laughs> if it's on, if it's on display, I feel like that's different because it's serving a purpose of beauty. But like, I don't. I don't have a lot of space and I don't have a lot of time and patience to remember that I have something from 10 years ago if I'm not going to use it. If I'm not going to use it, why am I keeping it? Mm-hmm. And you just accumulate stuff. Yes. And everybody already has a lot of stuff. Yeah, like when we moved, um, when we bought our condo and moved in, Avery and I like de-junked. We had like eight big bags of stuff going to goodwill it was like and they are and they had a smaller place than you know and this place still isn't huge of course i grew up in a large house so my idea of space is a little skewed yes it's a bit okay. we have like a 900 square foot condo and or two Which adults it's not bad no for two adults two kids and a cat we fit especially we'll fit when, a few more kids in here and then we'll move especially when they're tiny children yeah no if they were teenagers there was no way <laughs> they'd be like i want my own room well, that's never going to happen, so... Um, <laughs> no, there really is something, I think, to the development of relationships and, like, self-management and cooperation, if you share a room. I didn't have to share... I never share a room. I always had my own room. Yeah, well, not everyone was so lucky. 
But I think it was, my room was like my safe space. I would spend hours in my room playing by myself. But as an introvert, like, if, like, how I get away is to go to my room. My favorite story about sharing a room, I walked into my room, uh, my sister and I had captain's beds, so the, the dressers were underneath the bed, and that was like the base for the mattress, and she was on the bed directly, like you walk, you open the door and it's directly right there, because we flip-flopped back and forth, so, you know, that time, that's where she was, and, uh, She's asleep, just laying on her back, and I open the door, and she sits straight up like a vampire, grabs her phone, still asleep, eyes closed, I can tell she's sleeping, she's like, I can't talk right now, I'm sleeping, and then lays back down, and I was like, um... I can't talk right now, I'm sleeping. I, I can't talk right now, I'm sleeping. And I was like, okay, um, I don't even remember what I needed anymore, I'm gonna go. I have only slept walk once in my life. Mm-hmm. And my mom said, well, like, I woke up the next day and she said, you slip walk this week. And she said, I do. Apparently, I had my blanket, as children do. And then I walked out into the kitchen with my blanket. And I kind of looked around and I was like, what are you doing? And I, and I said something about, I need to wash it. <laughs> she was like, what? And I was like, where's the washer? And then I just went back to bed. <laughs> my parents like to remind me that as a, a young child, I was sleeping on the top bunk. And I got, I woke up and was really sick, but I was on the top bunk and I knew I wasn't going to make it down the bunk before I vomited. So I sat up, leaned over, vomited, went back to bed. And I did that three more times and I didn't wake anyone up. Oh my gosh. I was like seven or something. Yeah. It was, they were so upset, but I was like, I didn't feel good. And I didn't want to spend the night on the bathroom floor. I think the worst like vomit story I ever had is I got heat stroke. Oh. And it was bad enough that I had gaps in my memory. That's, heat stroke is so scary. Mm-hmm. So I was hanging out with one of my friends and her mom, and we were at the park hanging around. And I remember pausing. I was old enough to know that not sweating when you're hot is bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember I stopped, and I was like, I'm not sweating. I should go drink some water. So I had a bunch of water from the water fountain. I was like, okay, I think I'm going to drink it. So then I don't remember what happened after the fountain. Mm. I just remember being in the car. And then going to the library. I don't remember walking to the library. I remember... I don't remember actively throwing up. I just remember leaning over and looking at my throw up. And coming back up and seeing everyone crowd around me. And then I have another gap. And there was Katie Litter on the throw up. And then I have another gap. And I'm on my way home. Okay, the worst time I ever threw up. I was in sixth grade. And I felt so bad. I like... It was my favorite teacher in elementary school. Miss Webb. She was fantastic. She was like... Even as a kid, I could tell she was short. Um, like, I was like, I don't feel good. And I didn't realize I was needing to vomit. And so I was walking up to her never desk. Grown up before. You don't know. No, I had. But I didn't recognize that at that moment I was about to throw up. I was just like, I don't feel good. I feel nauseous. And so I walk up to her desk and I was like, Miss, Mrs. Webb, I don't feel. And I misc trash can and they get all over her desk i have never felt more bad about something i feel like i'm traumatized now (laughs) it was like i felt so bad and then i went and sat in the hall with a trash can between my knees just waiting for my mom to come get me (laughs) well i have several people knocking at my door yeah so (laughs) and are also that's podcast is pretty much done now yeah that's podcast ending up on our show up stories yeah well, that's where we'll leave you. We'll, we'll pick up next week. We'll pick up next week and try and figure out what the heck is going on with my microphone so that we can get better sound. We're trying. We're trying. Please feel free to email us anything, basically. We want to chat. Talk to us. We will respond either by on the podcast or we'll email you back. Excuse me. I'll email you back. <laughs> email is kt misadventures, miss as in miscellaneous adventures with an S. This is Taylor. And this is Kenzie. And we'll see you later. Bye, guys.